Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. And maybe the dash person can mute all those people there. All right. Um, my name is Terry Lynn. I am a recovered compulsive eater and a hundred pounder since this is a qualification on a hundred pounder meeting uh, in the course of my of speaking tonight, I'll qualify myself that way as well, meaning, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what happened just a little bit with my weight. Um, before we get started, I'd really like to pray the set-aside prayer. We already prayed the serenity prayer. I'd like to pray the set-aside prayer with everybody. Um, God, help me set aside everything I think I know about my illness, about compulsive eating itself, about the big book, about the steps, um, especially about you, Lord, that I may have a new experience, that I may know the truth. And I'm going to mute that person. Okay. Um, Yeah, sorry, the person on dash, but I just muted a person that was causing noise on the line. Um, Okay, sorry. (laughs) Okay, so I, it's, it's Christmas time. It's just after Christmas and there's been a lot of food around and it's going to be part of my story that, that I just, uh, I don't live in fear of that, of that food being around all the time anymore. And I don't have to steel myself against eating it, or I don't have to inhale large quantities of it. Um, Just the fear and the obsession around all of that is gone. And this will be the third Christmas where I didn't need to be fearful around, you know, the plethora of food that we often have around Christmas time. And it's also the third Christmas that I was able to start baking for my kids again. Um, I had stopped doing that for years and years because I thought baking was dangerous for me. (laughs) And what that meant was that I didn't make, you know, the goodies that my kids used to love when they were young anymore um, because I was thinking about me. And it turns out that after taking the 12 steps, I don't have to worry about that kind of thing anymore. And the reason I wanted to say the set-aside prayer is that that's just one of the um, beliefs I have that was wrong, that has proven to be wrong, that certain foods were my problem. It's just, you know, I'm saying it's wrong for me. And and I'm, I ask anybody on the line to try to open your mind about what might be possible because um, the the spiritual awakening that, that I've gotten means that I have freedom around this stuff, kind of like a normal person. You know, if I look at people in my life that are normal eaters and they can kind of take it or leave it, you know, or they might eat a few extra bites sometimes and kind of like, oh, why did I do that? And then they just stop like there. And that's a lot what I'm like now. Um, I've been given the ability to use common sense and 
trust me, I don't have any common sense on my own when it comes to this illness at all. So I'm going to talk about what I used to be like, what happened and what I'm like now, because that's what it tells me to do um, on page 58 in the big book. Um, What I used to be like was a person that just constantly thought about food, constantly thought about how I was going to get enough to satiate, not my hunger, not my physical hunger, but that thing that I was seeking that would make me feel better, you know, where I could be more comfortable, you know, less self-conscious, less anxious, less angry, you know, uh, to, to really to exacerbate my self-pity and resentment. I literally wanted to make those bigger because in a sick way, they made me feel better. The resentment and self-pity um, and compulsive eating helped me out with that because it got me through it and it made them worse. And I know that when we talk about emotions like that, resentment and self-pity, we think that's a terrible thing and and we don't want to do that. But I really got a fair bit of mileage out out of that kind of thing because I got to blame other people when I did that. Um... My eating itself, uh, as long as I can remember, I wanted to overeat whatever it was I had. didn't matter what I had. I did tend to like to overeat on certain kinds of foods, sweets and that kind of thing. And that made me think that those certain foods were my actual problem. And then when I finally came to OA, which is a long time ago, um, I read a paragraph in the beginning of the big book in the doctor's opinion that says alcoholics are allergic to alcohol, that it creates the phenomenon of craving. And I thought, well, I'm a foodaholic, so that must mean I'm allergic to certain foods. And that, that seemed to really hit the nail on the head for me because, you know, when my mind was saying, hey, you're going to feel better, you know, if you eat, it was saying, hey, you're going to feel better if you eat. And I'm not going to say the name of the food because I don't know what your rules are here for that kind of thing. But it would say you're going to feel better if you eat, you know, a sweet thing or, or a thing loaded with flour or whatever. Um, but I was super good at food plans after I came into OA. I got started on food plans. And I actually uh, personally didn't find it difficult to stay away from certain foods and certain ingredients. Uh, I was really good at that. So here I am not eating those foods that I thought I was allergic to, and yet I'm eating huge quantities of whatever foods were on my actual food plan. Uh, So I was compulsively eating anyways, no matter what I was eating. Um, it was a real eye-opener for me when I realized that uh, compulsive eating was my problem and not certain foods. And, uh, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse with this or anything. I'm just sharing this in case there's anybody out there like me who, 
you know, they keep trying on those darn food plants and they keep not eating sugar and they keep, you know, doing that kind of thing. And yet they find that they're compulsively eating anyways, or, or they find that they can white knuckle it for a while and then they go straight back. Right. Um, so regarding the weight thing, I did not try to stop compulsive eating when I was a kid because I didn't have any weight consequences and therefore I was getting away with it. So why stop, right? Like I didn't like it about myself that I was out of control, but, you know, again, I'm getting away with it. So, so you know, most of us, are, if we're getting away with something, we're not just compulsive eaters. If they're getting away with it, most people are going to go ahead and do things. Um, but when I did start, uh, in my case, being overweight, some people have being underweight consequences from having this illness. Anyways, when I did start gaining weight, I started, uh, I, I tried to stop and I made a decision. I'm not going to do this anymore, you know, and I'm, of course, I went way overboard and decided I wasn't going to eat anything, pretty much. So I lost weight like gangbusters. And then the day would come always when that obsession would pop back into my mind and I would start, you know, eating crazy amounts of food again and gain back all the weight that I had lost. Um, When I came into OA, I was about 85, well, I was exactly 85 pounds overweight. And... I, after I came into OA, for whatever reason, um, my mental obsession around food lifted. It was gone. And therefore, I didn't have any trouble um, not compulsively eating because that obsession was gone. Um, I think that was God's grace because I did nothing to earn it. I didn't take the steps. I didn't, you know, pray and ask him what... He wanted me to do with my life. I didn't get a sponsor. I didn't I didn't pay him back at all. That was just thank God's grace is just a gift. And I'm so glad I got that gift because in all the years after that when the compulsive eating obsession came back with a vengeance, at least I knew it was possible to be free of that terrible obsession. So Anyways, the obsession did come back, and then I was just lost, Um, just constantly eating, Um, eventually ended up over 300 pounds, and decided weight loss surgery was going to solve my problem because then I wouldn't be able to eat compulsively. I would have a physical barrier, right? Well, there may be people on the line right now that have tried that weight loss surgery thing. And if you're a chronic compulsive eater like me, it's not going to (laughs) work. And sometimes I get to talk to people that are contemplating getting that surgery. And and I tell them, you're going to change your life forever. You're going to change, you know, for me, I, I changed my innards forever. And I actually have... Uh, quite a few uh, physical side effects from having had that surgery. So I can't eat like a normal person. There are certain foods I can't eat, not because they create 
craving anemia or anything, but because they don't agree with what the surgery did to my stomach and, you know, that stuff in there. So uh, I have to pay attention to that kind of thing. I'm not afraid of it. I just have to use common sense about it. You know, like I can't eat undercooked rice. If I do, I'm going to throw up for whatever reason that, that, you know, causes a problem and all kinds of other foods like that too. Um, so anyways, uh, the weight loss surgery didn't work as well. Yes, I lost a ton of weight after I had it, but then eventually again, the day came where I, where I figured it was a good idea to start compulsively eating again. And I just had no control over it at all. And after the weight loss surgery, uh, I didn't just binge anymore. I purged as well because when you have that surgery, there's nowhere for the food to go. It just comes back up if you binge. So I did that for 18 years, the binging and purging. And for the last few years of it, I wanted to stop with all my heart. Um, I was worried it was going to kill me. Uh, there were physical, there was physical evidence that it could kill me, and I couldn't stop, not even begin to stop. And one day I found myself, and this was not the first time, but I, I, I realized, okay, I was, I was binging, I was binge drinking water and then throwing it up, just water. And I thought, all of a sudden, I thought, ding, 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 I can't be allergic to water. This is not a food problem that I have. This is a behavior addiction. It turned out that it was the compulsive eating itself that helped me feel less anxious, less angry, less self-conscious, more comfortable. That was real thing. And when I realized that, it it was the clincher on the idea that I was ever going to be able to control this thing. Because up until then, I thought if I came up with the magic food plan, then I'd be okay. And when I realized it was an actual behavior problem, I knew I couldn't stop eating compulsively, not, not in a million years. So finally, I was in a position to be teachable, you know, that set-aside prayer. Um, I set aside the idea that I could manipulate my food so that I could stop compulsively eating, and therefore, my mind was open enough to listen to a sponsor. Uh, Very lucky for me that I ran into a sponsor who was big into the big book, which is where our original... Pardon? Uh, where our original um, instructions on how to take the steps are. So I uh, I just did whatever she said, no matter what. And I don't have time to talk about the process of taking the steps. But so what I used to be like is pretty much everything I've talked about now. What happened is in the middle. It's It's realizing I was powerless and the process of taking the steps. And what I'm like now, um, again, Christmas here, you know, lots of, lots of foods around, 
um, my own baking around. Um, my family, there are a couple of members of my family that had COVID. So we moved our Christmas day up to New Year's Day so that the two of them could could participate. So there, there's, you know, more yummy food coming up here in my life uh, in a few days on, on the 1st. And I'm not worried about it. And the term neutrality around food is on page 85 in the big book, neutrality. That means that I don't have to, you know, promise that I'm never going to eat a certain food. I don't have to white knuckle it. I don't have to worry about proximity. I don't have to worry about being around certain foods and that it's going to ignite this insane craving in me. I don't have to worry about triggers. Uh, I don't avoid places like certain aisles in the grocery store, certain restaurants, certain ads on TV. I don't haul my own food around with me. I used to do that, haul my own abstinent food around with me. It was all for naught. It did not work. So kind of what I'm talking about here is is freedom. You know, like for me, being on a food plan or not, either of them meant I was in chains. I was either in chains to the compulsive eating itself or I was in chains to this terrible straitjacket of some sort of a, you know, structure about what I was allowed to eat, what I wasn't allowed to eat, the weighing and measuring, the calculating, the tracking, all that stuff. That's not happy, joyous, and free. That's what it tells us we're supposed to be in the big book, happy, joyous, and free. I am happy, joyous, and free now. Uh, it, it still amazes me, and I hope it will amaze me all my life. I hope I never get used to what a miracle it is to be able to behave like a normal person. I'm not a normal person. You know, I know it's by God's grace that uh, I have this freedom. But um, the only thing I have willpower around, I don't have any willpower around eating and food and how I feel about my body and all that kind of thing. But I do have willpower over working my program. I do have willpower about following my sponsor's instructions, about connecting to God, about doing service. And if I do that stuff, I'm going to have freedom around food. And um, these days, I am a normal weight, and I've been a normal weight for about three years. And um, I met my sponsor about four years ago. So I reached a normal weight after I started eating normally without having to restrict or track or you know, any of that kind of thing. And it's great to not have to worry about my body all the time. Um, I'm not sure what else I... Uh, just just to be very clear, I, the, the weight thing is not the destination. The destination I'm... is freedom, is the destination. Thank you. Thank you, Terry Lynn. Um, would you like to give your number? Yes, please. 
Terry Lynn in Alberta, Canada on Mountain Time. I'm a recovered available sponsor. My number is 403-878-3498. I have WhatsApp for international.